Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Prince Andrew settles his sexual abuse lawsuit as Prince Charles and Camilla come down with COVID. Recent updates on this court case seem to indicate that he wanted to go through with this trial and really, you know, prove his innocence almost. Prince Harry attends the Super Bowl. Prince William is ready to turn 40 as he travels to Dubai. And Duchess Kate reads bedtime stories. It was just so cool to see her in her blue jeans, kind of mm-hmm. snuggled up, ready to read a bedtime story. I thought it was awesome. And royal correspondent for the Daily Beast, Tom Sykes, reveals how Duchess Camilla won over the Queen and how Harry and William feel about her being named Queen Consort. It's not like she sat around going, you have to make me queen, <laughs> you know. She's like... You know, she she just had the incredibly bad luck of falling in love with the prince. We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christine. Welcome to another week of big royal news. Hi, Christine. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so well. We actually have a really big story to get into that's just broken today. So I'm really excited for everything to talk about. Definitely. Yes. We're going to talk about Prince Andrew in just a second, but let's see what you guys have to say about last week's show. Kicking off with the Toman 72 says, of course, Camilla should be queen consort. She's married to the future king. She chose not to be styled as princess of Wales, which by the way, she's entitled to now. She is married to Charles, prince of Wales. Diana wouldn't have ever been queen, even if she lived. That is true. She wouldn't. Very, yeah, yeah, definitely true. I mean, I, I understand why it's such an emotional issue for some people, mm-hmm. but it's completely true. Even if Diana hadn't had a, you know, died tragically, she never would have been queen. And honestly, mm-hmm. Camilla probably would have been queen, right. you know, even if that hadn't happened. So it really is. Camilla does deserve this title and it's sort of inevitable. Definitely. All right. Conga man says, why wasn't Prince Philip given the same title as Camilla? We had a lot of people at, at asking this question. And I believe that when you're a prince, you can't get the title of king because that trumps queen pretty much. Yeah. So technically the title of king is higher than the title of queen. So Prince Philip was the prince consort, Mm -hmm. um, which just means he's the consort to the sovereign who is the queen. So that's why he um, kind of held the title of Prince Philip rather than being King Philip. If he'd been King Philip, it would kind of indicate that he ranked higher than his wife. Yes, definitely. makes sense. Um, Robin said, well, yeah, I mean, Queen (laughs) shouldn't be. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Um, Well, Robin says walking up and down staircases is the best way to activate the mitochondria in our cells. Just one minute makes a huge difference. Keep it up. Queen Elizabeth hugs to you. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's um, Stuart 
Patrick said in our conversation last week that the queen was kind of in training for the Jubilee. So, you know, every little bit of exercise helps. Yeah. I love, I love that, that it activates the mitochondria. That sounds very important. <laughs> does, sounds very important. All right. Well, like you said, off the top, we have a big story to get to um, Prince Andrew. So let's kick it off with our Royal roundup. Um, he has settled his sexual abuse lawsuit. Now the sum of the settlement will not be disclosed according to court papers that will, that were filed on Tuesday in an unsigned letter submitted as an attachment to the settlement filing. Andrew says he accepts Virginia Guffrey has suffered as a result of being se- sex trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. The letter states it is known that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years. Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein and commends the bravery of Miss Guffrey and other survivors in standing up for themselves and others. Um, so are we are you surprised that he decided to settle and not bring this to trial? I am surprised, although I think it's the right decision. I'm surprised only because he denied it so adamantly. He seemed to want for it to go to trial. You know, recent updates on this court case seem to indicate that he wanted to go through with this trial and really, you know, prove his innocence almost. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the settlement is that it kind of it almost admits guilt, you know, whether whether he is guilty or not. I think that the statement is really carefully worded mm-hmm. um, and even the settlement seems carefully worded in that he doesn't admit guilt. But by settling, the public reaction is really that he knew he was guilty. And so he settled. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. A settlement usually, I mean, at least to us, is an admission of guilt. And uh, he basically says that he regrets his association with Epstein. Um, and he had until I believe it was March to say something about this. So, it, it, you know, I guess his lawyers were like, listen, let's settle this. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, so now, you know, it's done. I mean, people are still going to be talking about it. He's no longer, you know, a senior member of the Royal family right now. So, I mean, the damage has pretty much been done. I know. And I hope that these victims can heal now, you know, now that this isn't splashed in the papers once a week, hopefully these women can kind of take that time um, Mm -hmm. to heal and that this doesn't reopen all those old wounds. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. No, you tend to forget about the victims and all this because we're talking about such a big public figure. But yes, these are the people that really suffered and hopefully that they can, you know, at least have some closure to this and begin that healing process because, uh, definitely interesting. I wonder what the settlement is. I don't think we'll know. Like we said, it was undisclosed. And uh, right. so we'll kind of wait and see if anything happens. And if it does, we will keep you guys updated. But please let us know in the comments what you think about this. And if you were surprised that he settled um, outside of court. All right. Well, let's move on to Prince Charles and Duchess Camilla because they both tested positive for COVID-19. The pair have both been fully vaccinated against the virus. And on Thursday, February 10th, a statement from the palace announced that Charles was taking extra precautions after testing positive for the second time. As we remember, he previously battled uh, the virus back in March of 2020. So some events were missed um, due to this. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting because actually Prince Charles was at a very... (laughs) Um, big glamorous public event the night before where he met a lot of people. And then the following day, he was due to um, go on an away visit within the UK. And it indicates that the Royals probably are testing every day um, using a lateral flow test, um, which is pretty common here in the UK, just to take a test before you leave the house, just to be sure. So it seemed like a last minute cancellation as well. Um, and then a few days later, uh, the Duchess of Cornwall also tested positive before one of her events. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's interesting to see that the, the royal family is still really being diligent about this. Um, and it's an interesting indication on how, um, you know, difficult this virus is to contain just in that he was at this big glitzy event one night everything's fine. And then the next morning tests positive. It really is still a risky situation. It really is. And, and she was also in close contact with the queen right around yeah. the time that he tested positive. So she is under a lot of precautions. She's being monitored kind of 24 seven to make sure that she does not come down with the virus. Cause as we know, you know, 95 years old, this is something that you do not want to contract. And she's been so careful um, ever, you know, since the beginning. So they're just taking those extra precautions, which is understandable. Yes, definitely. Definitely. The palace didn't um, actually confirm whether or not she tested positive. I, I understand it's a matter of um, security for some reason, or maybe just a privacy issue. Um, but the palace purposely did not comment whether she had tested positive or not, only indicated that she was you know, being closely monitored. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully she stays in good health and the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall also recover. Definitely, definitely. Uh, thinking of them and speedy recoveries. Um, all right. So to mark the final days of Children's Mental Health Week, Duchess Kate read a bedtime story to the nation's children. She read The Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark by Jill Tomlinson, which is aimed at helping children overcome fear. Take a quick look. Wow. What an encouraging tale. We can all feel scared sometimes, just like our little owl friend Plop. But... As Mrs. Barnow said, it's better to find out about the things that scare us before we make up our mind. And with the help of others, we can often face things that worry us. Now it's time for bed. Night, night and sleep tight. I love this. It's so sweet. You know, this um, bedtime stories is on every evening on CBBS, mm -hmm. and it is kind of a really fun, um, lots and lots of families tune in. It's a very British institution for parents. And I think it was so wonderful for her to do this as part of children's mental health week. It really shined a spotlight on the week, on the issues on, you know, children's mental well-being, which she's so passionate about, but it was also just so down to earth, wasn't it? It was just so cool to see her in her blue jeans, kind of mm -hmm. snuggled up ready to read a bedtime story i thought it was awesome yeah kind of gave us a glimpse into what bedtime might look like at uh, her <laughs> home maybe a little bit more calm i would imagine right. you know, bedtime at my house is so chaotic so right. <laughs> right i think a lot of that a lot of us have you know more chaotic bedtimes right. than, and i can't you know kate has three kids so they must just be running around like crazy like crazy and the queen sort of approved of this uh with the official instagram account for the queen um liked the photo like the video not sure if the queen was double tapping herself but <laughs> we did get um get get an approval and you know kate does so much for children's mental health this is a big um uh big uh cause that she is behind so this is just something to kind of cap off that week yeah, you can really tell which um, projects and events are really important to a member of the royal family when it's promoted across all of the accounts. So right. you saw the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge promoting it on Instagram and Twitter, but also the royal family account. I even want to say Clarence House posted something about it. So you could tell that this was really, really important to the work that Kate's doing. Um, and that's kind of a nice indicator that everybody's on board, you know, working together. Definitely. Yeah, she's doing some great work. And she also um, this past week visited PACS, 
pushes parents and communities together in Southwark, where she met volunteers and attendees from the center's weekly mom space group, which provides support for local parents. And I love how she had to, uh, during the visit, she said that she wished she had a support group like this when her kids were younger. And I had to think, I'm like, oh my God, Kate, just like us. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I can't imagine, you know, she really wasn't in a position where you could just go to your local mom's group, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure as a new mother in her role, it must've been twice as hard to figure out how to find her footing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she visited, she's really, you know, um, part of her work with children's mental health and well-being is really getting parents support mm-hmm. because without that support, the parents then can't support the children. Right. Um, so she does a lot of work promoting these mom's groups or resources for parents. I think it's so important. And especially that she kind of says, I could have used this, mm-hmm. that, that might have, you know, a young mother saying, Oh, well, maybe it's okay for me to find this group. Maybe I should go check that out. So it's just so impactful for her to say those things. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it makes you think, you know, she's in Royal, she's in this life of privilege, probably has all the help that she needs around her, but sometimes you just need to talk to a fellow mom who's going through the thing. (laughs) Exactly. You just need another mom there to understand where you're coming from. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Prince William wrapped up his first official trip to Dubai, the Duke of Cambridge, shared a series of photos on social media from his trip and he captioned it. Thank you for a wonderful day um, from visiting the Jubail Mongroves and Jabel Alaport to seeing our Earthshot finalists and celebrating the UK National Day. It was great to spend time celebrating sustainability, collaboration and innovation. And the post was uh, the post also captioned and also to see this police car, which I'm sure <laughs> Prince George really enjoyed. <laughs> I thought that that was so funny. I really can't tell. Was he just being a really cool dad or was there some, you know, like the little boy inside of him was really into this police car? <laughs> like, I'm sure know. a little bit of both. <laughs> my my son is the same age as Louie and all of a sudden police cars and fire trucks are the most exciting things on the world in the world. So I have a feeling that, yeah, there was some, you know, he was sending that photo for to some little ones at home. <laughs> Definitely. I'm sure he was, but yeah, it looked like a, a great trip. He got a lot accomplished, you know, a big, um, he's talking a lot about climate change and the environment. Of course he met up with some Earthshot finalists and this is a, a cause that is near and dear to him as well. Yeah, it's interesting. They go on these trips really to strengthen, you know, foreign relations and relationships with these countries, but also to bring a spotlight to the projects like the Earthshot Awards to a different audience to, you know, open it up to a new um, demographic of people. So it was a really, really interesting trip. Yeah, it definitely was. Pictures looked beautiful. That's definitely a place that I want to go to. Seems like a lot. Yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, while William was in Dubai, Prince Harry made a surprise appearance at the 2022 Super Bowl in Los Angeles with his cousin, Princess Eugenie. I mean, I think we were pretty surprised to see Harry um, at the big game. I, th- I was really surprised too. You know, I have to say the NFL has um, a, kind of a big following in the UK. I mean, obviously not as big as like, you know, UK's football or rugby, but even my husband who's British is a big football fan, um, American football fan. So I loved that. I think Harry's kind of a secret. I, I bet he's getting into it. You know, there's yeah. a big um, game day spread at their house in Montecito. I'm sure. So I yeah. Right. I'm sh- I loved seeing Eugenie with Harry really kind of showing um, that he's still in touch with his family, that he still has these close relationships with his cousins. 
And um, it, it was such a, of all the people you, that you saw photos of at the Super Bowl, um, that was not one I was expecting. No, definitely <laughs> not. No, I, I, and I loved it. Like you said, it, it was nice to see that he was with his cousin and still has that close relationship. And we've heard that they've had a close relationship for quite some time. So it was nice that they were able to come over and visit them in Los Angeles. Um, Harry also posed with Mickey Guyton, who sang the national anthem. She was very excited about it. She uh, posed next to him in her tracksuit and uh, had a little um, little stars in her eyes, I think, when she saw him. So that was pretty cool. She said she curtsied, which I just think so cute. <laughs> I love it. And I think it is at least as far as we know that Eugenie is the first uh, royal family member to visit Harry in Los Angeles. Yes, definitely. As far as we've seen or, you know, as far as we've been informed, really, she's the first one to go over there and spend some time with them. Um, and I'm sure it was nice to get out of the cold and rainy um, England for a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. We have some more on her a little bit later on, but now it is time to spill some royalty. And then there's been a lot of talk of the future of the monarchy ever since Queen Elizabeth celebrated 70 years on the throne. But now there are some reports out there, you know, we love our gossip that <laughs> Prince Charles, um, when he becomes king, Harry and Meghan and will not be front and center on coronation day. What do we think about this? Do you think that that is true? Do you think because of protocol now they shouldn't be on the balcony? You know, of course, that famous balcony shot. <laughs> I think it's more about um, I don't know that it's going to be about family rifts as much as it's going to be about the future of the monarchy. Right. So normally, you know, I, I, there is no precedent here because there really hasn't been a situation in so long where there's been an heir and an heir and an heir, you know, like where it goes on quite that long. Um, I think just because of that. Um, historical moment where you have Charles, William and George mm -hmm. will probably see them front and center and their families front and center. Um, I do imagine that Charles will want a larger family group shot of just, you know, the existing Royal family um, of, you know, his, his brothers and his, if his uncles are still alive, you know, just his nieces, probably not Prince Andrew, but I'm at, <laughs> but I do think that Harry would be a part of that. And, and Megan maybe as well, if she wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I only say that because, you know, that's such a public forum for her. And, and we, we know that she's maybe hesitant to travel or to put herself in that situation again, where the British press can speak about her in that way. So again, I don't think it would be so much about family feuds as much as kind of indicating the future of the monarchy and also, um, you know, making everybody happy, I guess, is, is the best way to say it. No, definitely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of goes down. But like you said, there's no really rule book. There's no guide. So we're, you know, they're just kind of going to make it up as they go along. So yep. Yeah, whatever makes everybody happy. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we are getting some reporting on how Prince William feels about turning the big 4-0 in a couple months. A source tells us weekly that William is excited about this new chapter in his life and the challenges he'll be facing. He has high ambitions of creating the perfect balance between being a respected role model and decision maker and relatable to the public. He wants to be the people's prince. Um, I'm sure, I mean, you know, I'm sure he feels probably fine turning 40. He's got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just, um, you know, he's, you know, really come into his role in the last several years where he's really found his footing. He's found his projects. He knows how to promote the queen's work while also keeping up with his own passions. So I think that, you know, turning 40, isn't this big daunting thing. Like it can be for so many people because he really is kind of, you know, doing what he wants to do, what he's passionate about. And, you know, 
know, helping people the best way he can. Definitely big year for him. Big, big year. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the Royal rules and to help us do that is Royal correspondent for the Daily Beast, Tom Sykes, who's going to reveal how Prince William and Prince Harry really feel about Duchess Camilla being named Queen Consort. Take a look. What were your thoughts when you heard the Queen announcing that Camilla will be named Queen Consort? Yeah, well, we reported, I mean, I've reported over the years that, that Camilla would be made queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most recently I did the story in 2018 when a, a, a good, reliable source at Buckingham Palace told me uh, that, you know, she, she was going to be queen. Mm-hmm. And I always remember the, uh, the, the palace sent me an email saying, there is no foundation to your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, there was a foundation. It was true. You know, I think it was incredibly generous of her, actually. And Ch- Charles has always wanted her to be queen. She, I'm reliably informed, couldn't give two hoots whether <laughs> or not she's queen or not. Um, but Charles sort of sees it as a, saw it as a sort of insult against the, the office of the crown. How would you say that Camilla won over the queen? Because they obviously in the beginning didn't have the best of relationships. They didn't go to the wedding and, you know, with everything with Diana and things like that. So how in over these past 20 plus years has she won over the queen? I mean, the queen and Camilla had a terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst relationship that you can possibly, possibly, possibly imagine. Um, to, to the extent that the, the queen, you know, would, would refer to her as that woman and, um, you know, refused to be in the same room as her. I, I think that, that how she won over the queen was just by being really, you know, the complete opposite of Meghan, for example. So whereas Meghan was you know, very assertive and wanted her voice heard and wanted to put her, you know, be, be an, an activist. I think Camilla was very, very happy to wait extremely quietly outside the door, you know, until the door was opened for her and not make a fuss. I mean, basically, you know, it, it, it's kind of semi, it's, it's kind of feudal, really, mm-hmm. the, the way that, that Camilla kind of um, behaved. But, you know, that, that's what the British royal family is. It's, it's a feudal military structure, you, you know, and you have, to, you have to follow, you know, who, who's the boss and who's in command. And Camilla did it really well. You mentioned before that she probably doesn't give a hoot that uh, she was named Queen Consort. Why do you why do you say that? I just know that from from people who know her that it's never been a um, obsession of hers um, in the way it, this is Charles's obsession. Okay. You know, this is not. It's not like she sat around going, "You have to make me queen." <laughs> you know, she's like, you know, she she just had the incredibly bad luck of falling in love with the prince right. uh, and not being allowed to marry him. How do you think Harry and William feel about her being named queen consort? Do you think they care? Do you think that, that this was expected? Like you said? Yeah. I mean, I think if I knew it was coming, they knew it was coming, mm-hmm. um, you know? So I think they definitely knew um, that it was coming. Um, Harry, you know, has um, spoken um, warmly about her mm-hmm. in the past and, and said that, I'm sorry, I'm just looking something up. He's, you know, he, he has um, sp- spoken warmly about her and said that, uh, you know, he appreciates the support that um, she's given to his father. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, Harry was like eight, nine, ten when the relationship was kind of beginning with Camilla and, you know, heard his mother you know, talking about her in not very complimentary terms. How would you describe the relationship that Camilla has with Harry and William now? And are they one big blended family? Did they ever get to that point? No, yeah, no, they're absolutely not a blended family. 
um, and they don't spend any time together really and never have. They've never lived together. Camilla always kept her own house. Uh, they definitely don't confide in her or anything like that. You know, they, they absolutely have their reservations uh, about her. And um, But William, I think, is much more in the mold of his father, which is mm -hmm. like, what's best for the monarchy? What's going to keep the monarchy going here? What's in the monarchy's interests? Mm -hmm. um, Harry, I'm sure we're going to hear all about it when his book mm -hmm. comes out later this year. And I think that he might really go for Camilla um, because I think that, if you really think about what a publisher is going to pay $20 million for, it's the inside account of the breakdown of that relationship of, you know, Diana and Charles. It's the inside view of that. And it would just be naive to think that Camilla wouldn't be indicted in, in some way and, and blamed for that, you know, by, by his mother and, and by, by a young boy. You know, he, he was very, very young when it was all happening. Definitely an interesting conversation. And I love how he said that, you know, Duchess Camilla really didn't care whether or not she was named queen consort or not. She's just, you know, happy to be in, uh, invited to the party pretty much. <laughs> I think so. I, I don't know that she gets caught up in the drama as often as some people think that she does. I agree that I think she's just happy to be there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And before this Super Bowl, Princess Unity celebrated her son August's first birthday. She wrote on Instagram, happy first birthday to our Little hero, Augie, you are such a special soul that brightens every room with your smile and wave. You have made us so very proud. We'd love you. How is this kid one year old already? Like, I feel like we just oh, like no. we're talking about his birth announcement. <laughs> yes, I think so. It really makes me worry about my baby who's turning one soon. It just yeah. flies by. I'm sure Eugenie um, and her husband, Jack, are feeling that as well. Mm -hmm. But I love that they have shared little snaps of his first year on social media. We actually kind of had had a good glimpse of, you know, things that he's done. So it's really been sweet for her to That's, share that. Definitely. And it seems like she may have celebrated the birthday in Los Angeles. Yeah, they posted that picture of these bright pink, I think they were azaleas, these bright pink flowers. And I can tell you those are not blooming in the UK right now. <laughs> yes, I love she it. She might be enjoying um, a sunny holiday in, in LA. Yeah, and I'm cousins. sure that the, you know, the cousins got, all got together. So I'm sure that was a lot of fun well, for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's, I'm sure they're having a really nice time. Definitely. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. Yeah, thank you. This was a really busy week. <laughs> it was. I know we say that everywhere. It's not going to be that busy next week and always <laughs> prove us wrong. Always. Um, well, thank you guys all for tuning in as always and keep commenting, keep subscribing and Christine and I will see you next week.